Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NRL show, season two, episode five. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business tonight. We've got Tasha and we've got Dana, and guys, the football is back. Excitement levels are through the roof. We're we're slowly working our way through this preseason, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's certainly been a bit of, bit of a battle. All right, guys, let's jump into our listener questions straight off the top, and all all whole conversation this week is obviously our All-Stars Clash. Indigenous take on Maori. You know, the, the All-Stars concept's been around for a little while now. The listener question, Tash, going to go to you. Thinking about all the matches that have come before, starting in 2010, what was your favourite year and why? I'm going to go back a little while, uh, Dan. I'm going to take us back to 2013. Now, I know back then it was the NRL All-Stars versus the Indigenous All-Stars, but I can just remember a lot of my favourite players were, were in those two squads and yet, and they, they were so talented. Players like uh, Jared Hayne, you know, both the Morris twins who were playing for separate clubs got together and paired off in the in the centres. Um, and, of course, you know, Benji Marshall, Cam Smith, Robbie Farrar, Adam Reynolds. And then in the All-Stars you had Ben Barber, Justin Hodges, Scotty Prince, Greg Inglis, uh, you know, Jonathan Thirsty. Um, and you also had Laurie Daly as the coach versus Wayne Bennett. So, yeah, that's my favourite, 2013. Yeah, it brings back the memories. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to take it back to the first ever year because I kind of felt like, you know, when you think about rugby league, when you think about the NRL, it, it was kind of a concept that we could never really figure out or get right. We had nines competitions, sevens, you know, we had all these different sort of concepts throughout the years, and those have been successful and great. But, you know, just that, 2010, taking you guys back to the Gold Coast when things were still pumping. You know, the Titans had only been in the competition for a few years. Rugby League was definitely buzzing there. And, uh, yeah, it was a pretty special night. Obviously, the Indigenous side won 16 points to 12. Wendell Saylor's celebration with the uh, the didgeridoo uh, in, in the, using the corner post, it was, it was pretty special. And um, just seeing the master, little Jonathan Thurston, uh, you know, winning the Preston Campbell medal, that was pretty special. But just more than that, you, you walked away from that night going, we've finally done it. We've got an all-stars clash that we can kind of build with. And I absolutely love that we introduced the Maori side. Um, you know, I, th- I think that's brought a whole different element to it. But, yeah, it just obviously breaks up the preseason. And, uh, hey, who's going to complain about having rugby league at this time of year? Dana, there's been a lot of footy. There's been a lot of great clashes over the years. Um, yeah, where are you going on this one? Um, I'm only going back a couple of years. So I'm just taking it back to 2020. So the year before COVID ruined everything for everybody um, and took away the soul, or for me, the soul happiness that I have when it comes to winter is rugby. Um, but yeah, the 2020 game was something that was just unmatched for the skills that were shown throughout that team, especially with Brandon Smith. And that was such a solidified game to be like, hold on, there's this up and comer. He's at the storm and he's just the honestly player of the match. Like he just copped so many tries and he was just such a, a mad playmaker for that game. But then there was also for me as a storm supporter, it was the controversy that Jerome Hughes um, 
just blocked Josh Adekar on a run to get a try and then there was this controversial call. Well, it should have been, you know, a professional. It was ruled a professional foul. It should have been a try, but because there wasn't close enough and I just remember sitting there with my friends and we all just had this massive argument about if it should have been a professional foul or if it should have been a try and it was just, you know, one of those things that was, and it sounds so sad when you talk about it because it was the last thing that we had as like hanging out with friends, watching the footy because, you know, season was supposed to start in March and it just didn't. So, yeah, 2020 was definitely such a, a monumental All-Stars game for me. So, And I'm so excited to to actually be there this year. Um, supposed to be there last year, but COVID ruined that one too. So <laughs> I'm excited to get, there, get to Sydney on the weekend and actually be there for this year's game. All right, guys, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, the breakdown. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to plan at all. Um, and they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tash, let's start here. So, yeah, as, as we've spoken about, the Indigenous All-Stars take on the New Zealand Maori All-Stars. It's going to be an unbelievable, unbelievable clash. And, and I, I kind of want to start there that, you know, over the last few years, this has meant so much to the Indigenous side. And when you come up against that mixed old NRL All-Stars, you just got the sense that, you know, obviously it, it wasn't as important. You introduced the, the, the Maori concept uh, into this All-Stars match, and it's just taken this thing to a whole new level. Tash, am I right in saying it means as much for both camps? And that's why that, you know, despite it, sort of, you know, being played in the preseason, you know, we're going to see some high-quality football like we've seen over the past couple of years. Yeah, Dan, you're spot on. This is so much bigger than just a game for the players in both squads. They're, they've got the opportunity to dig deep into their heritage, to, um, you know, look at their culture and the people that they're representing. And I love every year, the stories that come out as people learn more about their history and uh, I get to hear some of those stories. So it really is a a huge game. On the back of that, Tash, is I reckon this year the Indigenous team has the extra momentum of the announcement that happened earlier in the week is that the Indigenous flag was freed. It's now owned by the government. It's no longer a private thing. It can now be used for anyone to represent their heritage. And I think that's going to be the fire in the bellies for the Indigenous side to to bring it back and kind of win over the Maoris this year. Yeah, great call. Great call, Dana. Absolutely. It was, uh, I, I think, all of Australia kind of celebrated that. That's uh, certainly great to see. And all right, guys, well, let, let's dive into some of these squads because, you know, you, pre-season, you know, it isn't quite the season yet, but you wouldn't know it looking at these team lists. I mean, there's a few players that have had to withdraw, but um, still a lot of talent. And, you know, something that we were discussing off air is a lot of younger players who, you know, they can certainly make their mark. A lot of these players are trying to break into the 17, cement a position in the spine. You know, one game of football in front of a nationalised tele- you know, uh, television audience um, could certainly be the difference. All right, guys, let's jump into the Indigenous side. Tash, I just want to start with the coach, Laurie Daly. Um, you, you, you spoke a little bit about him. I think I, I think Laurie's involvement, you've already touched on it, but just speaking about it again, again, you know, Laurie's involvement in this Indigenous concept, bringing these boys together, you know, it's always difficult bringing players from different clubs. We see that in State of Origin and Rep Football, but he has this remarkable ability to kind of bring a team together and the quality of play that we see on the night, it, it, it's a credit to him. 
Yeah, look, he's been doing it for for a long time. He's got a lot of experience um, at this and getting these guys to bond and to gel. And if you if you're digging deep into your heritage and your culture. I can't think of a better way to get the team to bond, even though they're all from different clubs. Uh, I think this opportunity, you know, you can gel faster because of that heritage. Yeah, absolutely. And you just think about the goosebumps that you get as you watch the, the, the you know, the the start of the game as, as, as both sides sort of come together. And uh, it's, yeah, it, it's it's incredible. Definitely, if you've uh, you, you've got to watch it, guys, all our listeners jump in and watch this football game. We'll talk through some of the players now. Um, Dana, a couple of players that I want to pick out. One player in particular, Jack Bird, who's made the Indigenous All-Stars team. Jack's been on a bit of an interesting journey, hasn't he? Because obviously he came through as a you know a, a wildly talented St. George Jr., made his way into the Cronulla system, won a premiership in that incredible, incredible team. And then he obviously had all of those challenges in Brisbane where injuries weren't so kind. I kind of felt like last year, returning to the Dragons, you got a sense that... Jack's kind of finding his his form, and I just wonder whether this could be a particular game where we see Jack Bird, you know, really perform and and hopefully show Dragons fans that you know he could be a big part of their success this year. You know what? I really hope he does because the Dragons are one of those teams that have always kind of hovered in that bottom eight, and you you never see them you know finish last, but they never quite crack that top eight. So. You know, Jack Bird's experience of winning that premiership with Cronulla and having that experience over the years that he's played because he has had an incredible career. I really hope that he can help fire up the squad and maybe push him into that top eight, get them into a final series this year because, um, you know, St. George really need that. They unfortunately kind of just need all the help they can get. So, <laughs> Yeah, Dan, you, I think you've hit on something that I wanted to bring up, which is the adversity like in that Indigenous team, if you look at not just Jack Bird but Albert Kelly, Jesse Raymond, uh, Katoni Staggs, you know, they've all come back from adversity. But the biggest adversity probably, you know, Andrew Fafida after that horrible um, throat injury last yeah. year. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I guess, you know, everyone just touching wood that all the players, every single player in these squads gets through completely fit and healthy and obviously put on some really strong performances. But you're right, you know, there's, you know, the, the head noise during preseason, it, it, it's unbelievable. But knowing that you've sort of come through those challenges, getting to play this game, I, I just, uh, you know, it's going to be great to see. And I think Jack's in for a really big year and hopefully he can start off um, on the right foot. Uh, Tash, let's let's uh, talk about another player in the Indigenous side. Again, probably one of the bigger names in this squad, and that's Josh Adokar. I pick him out because all eyes are on Josh this year because, you know, he's obviously made the big move to the Canterbury Bulldogs. And, you know, there, there's these questions as to whether Josh can continue to perform as the game's best winger in the Bulldogs, away from the Melbourne system. I guess a good little, you know, confidence boost and, and starting off on, on the right foot would be a really strong performance in this game. Yeah, look, he's one of the veterans um, of this Indigenous team and they will be looking to him, you know, for his leadership. Um, and there's always that rumour, once you get out of the Melbourne system, can you still be as successful at another club? But for me, if we're just looking at this Indigenous game, this is where I think he'll step up. This is where he'll really um, he'll lead well and I think he'll have an outstanding game. Yeah, on the back of that, Tash, I 110% agree. Josh Adokar is one of those players that regardless of where you put him, he's going to excel. 
Um, you know, he's had so many adversities. He spent five years at Melbourne away from his family who were from Queensland and New South Wales. Um, you know, he's got his his partner back in New South Wales. I think that being having preseason back home, being close to home, and this game being back in New South Wales, I think is going to play in his favour, which then plays in the Indigenous favour. And, you know, him moving to, to the Bulldogs is something that, yes, people might think there is a... a a stopping or a slowing down, but I don't think Josh is one of those people that I think he's just going to push even harder to prove the point that when you leave Melbourne, you can keep going and still be one of the greats because he's on that track. Yeah, and I think, uh, and I try not to let Instagram, you know, bias me too much, but watching, you know, some of the pictures he's been putting up, my God, uh, physically, he looks in great, great condition. All right, guys, let's continue this theme of players moving away from Melbourne and, you know, the spotlight being on them. Tush, another player who's going to have a little bit of pressure on them, and that's probably underselling it, is Nico Hines. Um, you know, I think what's been great about Nico is obviously his emergence. He's done it the tough way. And his ability to just be so open and transparent about his story, you know, his, his personal battles with his family, his pride in his culture, that's something that's really, really impressed me, is Nico being really honest about all of the battles that he's sort of gone through. And I guess you just can't help but, you know, just, just celebrate, support him and want him to be successful. So, again, you know, if we're looking at this game, he's going to be hungry to perform and get off on the right start. Another player who I think will perform well in this game. Yeah, definitely. He's um, he's moved to the Sharks and I think he may well step up, you know, um, in the number six. Um, maybe not in the Indigenous game. They might keep him at fullback. Um, but, yeah, it's really good to see how... He's, he's grown and through some of that, you know, tough times that he's so open and honest about, you can see he ca- carries with him a level of maturity, which I think is going to help him tremendously as he moves in, into the Sharks and into the halves. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, well, let's flip it over and have a look at their opposition in the married team. And, uh, you know, you just think about how much passion there is in that Indigenous squad. And, and it's just hard to believe that any team could really compete with them realistically. But year in, year out, we, seems, we see teams that, uh, you know, obviously do their best. With, with Maori coming into this concept a few years ago, they are absolutely bringing the heat. And uh, again, as we spoke about previously, they're, they're taking this game as seriously as their counterparts. Dana, I just want to start with the coach, David Kidwell. Again, you know, you think about all of the top coaches in the game. You think about, you know, Wayne Bennett's and Trent Robinson's and, you know, all of those big names. Some of these, um, some of our other coaches lot, a lot of talent, a lot of experience. They kind of get overlooked a little bit. If you look at David Kidwell's CV as a player, as a coach, he's a very, very impressive man and obviously all about his culture. And again, he just has an amazing ability to bring this team together and, you know, a team that's probably an underdog going into this game, I think they're going to be very competitive. And, you know, with David Kidwell, you you go back to, like you said, you, it actually falls under that Melbourne Storm philosophy of can they succeed away from that squad because he was one of them. He did a three or four years since I think at Storm um, back in the day and then went to South and still progressed before he retired and then moved into coaching. But I think, like you said, they are the underdogs because he's got that CV that's as far as the cows come home, but having the success on his side is what's something that's really stepped them apart. Um, but I just, I am excited to see where they take it. You know, last year, it was it was a draw. You know, you, there's nothing you can do. There's you could look at it and go, oh, could have done that, could have done this, but there's no. It's not as satisfying as, or you don't have that hunger as you if you lost or if you won. You don't have that. You know, you've got to keep that fire going. So I'm really excited to see where he takes it, and I reckon he's going to push him over the line this year. And 
I reckon they're just going to thrash the Indigenous side, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll, uh, we'll definitely get to our predictions in a sec, but I, I can see I can see why you, why you think that, obviously, with, with all the talent there. And when David Kibble talks, a lot of people listen. He is a great leader. All right, Tash, let's go through some of the talent in this particular team. All my eyes go straight to their forward pack. James Fisher Harris. This is a bad, bad man. You know, he is one of the absolute elite front rowers and has kind of evolved his game so much. You know, you think about, you know, how he was kind of performing when he first made, um, you know, NRL, like a, like a lot of young forwards, but now he's the elite of the elite. And uh, you just you just think, you know, James Fisher-Harris, he's going to be in and amongst it uh, in this clash for sure. Absolutely. Like, he's the premiership winning um front row and he will lead and the players around him will look for him to lead but if you look at some of the young guns in his pack you know that I think it's TC Rapati he's he's from the Broncos um Joseph Tapine uh or Tapine from from Raiders they're they're really impressive and if you have such a leader and powerful runner that that you have in James Fisher Harris, then these young guns, you know, they can go great just following him. And hopefully, uh, our, our young knights forward Pasami Solo just, uh, you know, takes a few notes there with James Fisher Harris and brings a little bit, uh, just brings a little bit back to the uh, to the club. That's for sure. If I'm honest, looking at that pack, like between James Fisher Harris, uh, Kenny Bromwich, and Kevin Proctor, I would not want to be on the other side of that pack. Honestly, like having those three men run at you, I would just. Nah. <laughs> and in a once-off game, you know, it's all about it's all about the middles and sort of creating that momentum up, up the uh, up the middle for sure. All right, guys, another player that I just wanted to call out because of the storyline is Patrick Herbert from the Gold Coast Titans because you've really got a feel for him and there's been a lot of discussion in around social media about how his season ended last year with the Gold Coast Titans. That incredible semi-final against the Roosters, you know, he had Corey Thompson on his outside open with seconds to go. He didn't pass the ball. Absolute heartbreak. And I'm sure that, you know, know, he's spoken about it. Obviously, you know, it's been really, really challenging. He's taken responsibility, but, you know, he's trying to not let that define him. Tash, when you think about a player that you'd like to see have a big game, it would be Patrick Herbert. And that goes for his entire 2022 campaign because, you know, you hate to see it all fall onto one guy. And, um, you know, he did have a great season. Very, very talented player. Yeah, it's it's a horrible way to exit out of the finals and um, I'm sure, you know, the team won't blame him for that. It, it was obviously a pass he could have given, but how many mistakes, how many wrong decisions do players make? It, it was just a really unfortunate way to finish his season. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Dan. I really hope he has a great game, puts that error behind him and... and and actually has a great season this year. Yeah, he's going to be dangerous. So, uh, you know, gamble responsibly, but I'll be keeping a close eye on him in terms of getting over the getting over the try line. All right, guys, let's uh, let's jump into our predictions. Dana, you spoke about your um, your prediction here in and around the Maori group. Talk to us why you think the team can win, and, yeah, what, what's your thoughts on this game? I mean, like I said, you've got those up-and-comers coming up, which, you know, due to COVID and suspensions and stuff, both teams have, you know, had to put in the, the young guns this for this game, but I'm most excited with the experience of Dylan Walker, Fisher Harris, um, Bromwich, especially um, on the back of having Remus Smith in. He's the freshie from Melbourne Storm. It's his, I'm pretty sure it's his first rep, rep game. Um, he has so much to learn. And between him, uh, Cody Nicarima is another one that I just am so excited to watch, um, watch him flourish in this game because I think, if he pays a full 80 minutes, it will be a game changer. So I'm going, Maoris are going to win 
I'm going to go 32 to 16. Yeah, nice, nice. Look, for me, I'm going to go with the Indigenous side. Um, I'd like to see a high-scoring game, but one of the things that has been a little bit surprising is the quality of defence in these preseason clashes. I think that's got a lot to do with the training these guys are doing right now, uh, definitely getting flogged by their NRL coaches in terms of improving their defence. So I've got a really tight contest, low scoring. I've got 18 points to 16 with the Indigenous side. Um, I just feel like there is some really special talent, and you think about how... How tired these boys are going to be at the very end of this game. I think it's just going to come down to one or two plays, so it's going to be very interesting to see who can pull that off. Tash, you get the deciding vote here. Uh, Very difficult. Going to be a high-quality clash. Thank God Rugby League is back. What's your prediction on this one? Look, uh, both teams are really, really talented, and I'm a proud Wiradjuri woman, so I really want to back the Indigenous team, um, but I often put the mocker on them when I I do things like that. So I'm going to agree with um, Dana and say... I'm going with the Maori men's team. Um, if you just look at their back line, you know, it's pretty stacked with talent. You've got, you know, Chanel Harris-Tavita, Dylan Walker, Jordan Rapana, and we've already talked about their forward pack. So 12-10. It's really close, but I'm calling 12-10. All right, guys, let's jump into our next segment, the match. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Yeah, and this week we stick with the All-Stars Clash and we have a look at some of the halves that will be competing uh, in this one. And for the Indigenous side, we see Albert Kelly coming up against Chanel Harris-Tavita for the Maori side. Tash, let's start with Albert Kelly because, you know, he's obviously at, at very much at a different stage of his career compared to Chanel at 30 years of age. And... Even even that, Tash, you know, 30 years of age, you feel like Albert's a little bit older than that because he's certainly been through a lot throughout his career. Let's take, yeah. it, let, let's, let's take it all the way back to the start. Talk to us a little bit about just some of the pure talent of Albert Kelly when he was first coming into that Cronulla Shark system because we were all there. We were all watching him play. You could just see it. You know, he, he, was, he was pretty special from day one. Yeah, he sure was, and um, he was great for the Sharks, and you knew he had something special about him. Now he's gone, he's gone, um, he's just come back from English Super League, and I think you can see from that experience it'll bring him extra composure to, you know, to steer his his um, men around the park, um, to finish each, you know, set of six with a, with a good kick. Um, so, yeah, all that experience that he's had, he's been around for a long time, like you said, only 30. But I really think we've seen players come back from the English Super League with a, a lot of experience and a lot more confidence just from that experience. Absolutely. Dana, look, we're not going to sugarcoat it. You know, Albert, he had his demons, he had his battles, he had his challenges. And you just, you know, obviously it's, it's quite frustrating for fans because you just see so much ability, so much talent, and you hate to see some of these guys, you know, just, just waste it, you know. But but what's what's great is, as Tash is talking about, this redemption story. So obviously, you know, he went through Cronulla, had some issues at Newcastle, Gold Coast, goes away and... You know, when you think about the Super League experience, that's another interesting one because obviously where he was at in his career, he couldn't go and sign with one of the elite teams over there. You know, he played for, for both Hull teams, Hull KR and Hull FC. Just great to see go over there, play for a, a couple of clubs that were sort of battling and, and really sort of rebuild himself on and off the field. Yeah, look, I, um, you know, it's one of those things that you've got to tread carefully with this because, you know, he had those terrible experiences. And even when he was 
in the UK, he still played up a bit outside of football. But I really think that having that time, like many other players, having that time away, not just from NRL, like from the whole everything about it, the country, like, you know, the culture of the country, everything to do with NRL in Australia, having that time away to reflect. And, you know, he was probably away from his friends and his family and that can definitely help you move on from that stuff because you realise all the issues that were coming from were not just you, it's who you surround yourself with. That shows so much about you as a person as well. So I think him then coming back to the Broncos, you know, as a team, they're struggling a bit. Um, But like we said, with his 10-year on experience, I think he's going to be able to hopefully turn that around and lead um, lead them into something better because yeah. he just needs that for himself as well. Yeah, we're starting to see players, you know, usually, you know, around 30, it was it was all over. You know, your career would kind of, you know, we're seeing players play into sort of their mid-30s now. And, uh, you know, Albert, you know, you look at him now and I, I think part of the reason why he's certainly in contention at the Broncos is just because of the work he's doing physically. I mean, he's never looked in better condition and all of that experience, it's been really interesting. And Tash, I guess... All eyes are going to be on Albert because you know it's you know he, he was a toiler he was you know a good player over in England but we know the NRL it's it's a step up and even though this clash you know it happens in the preseason a lot of quality players out there so all eyes will be on Albert in this one and we wish him all the best it would be great to see him um, really succeed all right guys well let's flip it over to his competitors tonight and that's Chanel Harris Tavita. Dana, I can't work out Chanel. I really can't. But I think for me... I'm so excited. It's for me, I I think I'm just a little bit impatient. Obviously, you know, what I've got to do is remind myself that he is only 22 years of age. But again, as we spoke about with Albert Kelly, he has it all in terms of, you know, his physical attributes, his athleticism. But, you know, like a lot of young halves, we've seen a lot of inconsistency in his game. And I guess Warriors fans are just, you know, they're just waiting for him to really take that next step in his career. Yeah, again, touching on his age, like you said, he is only 22. Um, The kid has some serious talent for someone so young, Um, you know, and I think he's he's actually a really good asset to the Warriors because they're in that development stage where they've got all these young guns coming up that they've got to keep in line and then try and push to themselves and find their strengths um, and, you know, really run with that kind of thing. But you know, he's he's done some serious rep footy in his time in under-20s and stuff, and I just think that for the Maori squad, he's going to hopefully bring that speed and that agility that they might not have that might be that weak point point that I think he'll be able to push up and they'll be good to go. Yeah, look, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, if you can go back to his junior Kiwi try, uh, the scorpion kick, if you guys, if, if any of the listeners haven't seen that, just YouTube it. It is insane. He does this scorpion kick that uh, results in a try. Unfortunately, I think it's against Australia. But um, he's only young and I think he's just lightning. Like I really think he's going to, this is going to be a big year for him. And um, Dana, like you said, that he's playing for the Warriors and there was a rumour actually that he was going to be let go. And so there was quite a few clubs that were showing interest in him, but the Warriors refused to release him early. So they're aware of his talent and uh, big year for him. Yeah, and and Tasha, it's kind of come full circle for Chanel because, you know, basically the club, um, you know, they sort of decided to to let Sean Johnson go and really invest in Chanel. You know, it was going to be his team. Well, 
Sean Wen, and, you know, he kind of, you know, he's quite successful there at Cronulla, and Chanel really didn't kick on, and now Sean Johnson's back. So you kind of feel like the Warriors are really in limbo at the moment. They've got Reese Walsh there and, and Cody, and they've got a, a few others there. Ash Taylor, I, I guess, you know, the spine and what the Warriors look like moving forward, it's a little bit unknown. So, yep, it's all uh, it's all in the hands of Chanel. Um, and, again, we keep talking about it, but if he's able to get himself off on the right foot in this game, I think that will be, um, I think that will be great for him. All right, guys, no sitting on the fence when it comes to the match. Just quick ones here. Albert Kelly v Chanel coming up against each other in this clash. Tasha, where are you going with this one? I'm going to go with Chanel. I just think um, he's got that real X factor. And it, if he can kick off this year with the first game being the um, All-Stars game, it's just going to lay a fa- fabulous platform for him for the rest of the season. Yeah, look, I, I'm going to go with Albert just because he's got a lot of strike weapons and I think he's going to be made look pretty good uh, on the weekend, that's for sure. And uh, and look, to be honest, I think he, he might not actually be winning that that battle for, for that jersey alongside Adam Reynolds at the moment. There's a couple other players that probably have their nose ahead. A big game here for Albert could put him right back into contention. So, um, yeah, there we go. All right, Dana, we've got a split group here. Um, you get to decide this one, Albert v Chanel. Oh, as much as I want to back Chanel because I love the up-and-comers, I love the young guns, unfortunately I reckon Albert's experience is just going to win it for him. Um, he's got the, like, ability, he can read the game, um, you know, he's just got that experience that I think is just going to put him over the line. So I'm going to go with Albert. All right, guys, let's jump into our last segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. Yeah, and uh, this week on Rapid Fire, the question I've got for you guys is, who is your predicted man of the match and why? Uh, Tasha, you know, obviously you've gone in with uh, with your prediction of Maori winning, but, you know, again, the man of the match, it, it can sort of come from, from either team, you know, especially if the game's going to be close. Um, what's your thoughts on this one? Who do you think is going to take out the Preston Campbell medal? Yeah, look, I'm going to talk about a player that we haven't actually discussed um, so far, and I'm going with David Fafida. Now, he's been out recently um, and publicly said, I'm going to fight my way back into the starting lineup with the Titans. It's the first preseason he's gone through injury free. So I think it's his best opportunity to really fight his way back. And this is the first game of the season. I think he's going to kick it off with a, with a, with an absolute blinder and get man of the match. Yeah, you think about all lies on players. And uh, that's definitely David Fafita. He is under immense pressure there. And, uh, Again, judging by the old Instagram post that the club's putting up, he's in supreme uh, shape at the moment, which is great to see. Look, for me, I, I've got Indigenous winning this game very, very close. Um, difficult to pick one player as men in the match, but I'm going to go with Katoni Staggs. You know, Katoni's had a bit of an interesting battle. We spoke a little bit earlier in the episode about some of the adversity that he's gone through with injuries, and had it have not been for that, you wonder whether Katoni would have already broken into rep football um, so for me, it's it's kind of it's a really important part of his career because if he can stay injury free, continue to perform at the levels that he kind of flashed last season, you know he's got rep football written all over him over the next couple of years. But you know it can kind of go the other way as well. So in a big game like this, Katoni, he's an absolute freak. I think he's going to um, put on a show here. Uh, Dana, thoughts on this one? Alrighty, well I'm going back to the Fafita boys, uh, except I'm going with Andrew. So you know we all know he's a gun of a player. Um, and it was uh, around 22, I think, last year. Um, actually, against your lovely Newcastle boys, he was taken from the field, 
uh, taken to hospital, put in an induced coma and had to have surgery on his throat because of the injury, out for the rest of the season. Um, and like you said, with fighting back from injuries, I'm like, he's got one to prove. He's put in the yards and he's that preseason and that recovery from that almost life-threatening injury, I think has put a fire in him and he's got a point to prove it's his first game back after almost 12 months. And I'm just, I'm so excited to see him hit the field. So I'm, I'm going Andrew. All right, guys, look, that's all the time we have today. Just want to thank my amazing panel, always bringing the heat as we talk all things rugby league. And to our listeners, we really do appreciate your support. And as we spoke about before, it's exciting. Rugby league's back. Get around the All-Stars concept. It's going to be another fantastic clash. As always, continue to download the podcast, share with family and friends. And until next week, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.